Hi, my name is Christian Baker, and uh, I'm a pastoral assistant here, and Pastor Rick has allowed me to preach for our Good Friday uh, service. Um, I did that two years ago, but this one is very different, obviously. Uh, you guys are home and not here, but I uh, thank you for watching, and I uh, mostly am in the back, but you'll probably see me around, uh, so I'm thankful to be able to preach and grateful to do so. Uh, today we will be in Philippians chapter 2, verses 4 through 11, so... Please turn to that passage. Philippians chapter 2, verses 4 through 11. Let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men and being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Let's pray. Father, please bless this time of study in your word of um, this message that you've prepared for me to speak. Lord, I ask that you speak through me um, and that we can honestly come away from this time having meditated and thought about your gospel and the cross and what happened 2,000 years ago. Lord, prepare our hearts for this today. Prepare our hearts for Easter Sunday and every day we live proclaiming your name, Jesus. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Rank and authority are important in this world to many people. We navigate our world by who is in charge of who and who we are supposed to listen to. Uh, we have bosses and supervisors. We have captains or simply customers at work that we're supposed to cater to their desires and what they want. I find there to be issues uh, when those lines get confused or crossed. We are sinners and we desire to have it our own way. In times of the, the Bible, or even today, there were kings and governing authorities and rulers. How do you think that kind of leader would act towards their subjects? Maybe in any way they saw fit to. They have the authority and the right to lead, but in certain contexts they may have less accountability. Uh, I enjoy sometimes watching movies about, about kings and great battles of the past, Many times, though, you find that there are ulterior motives uh, that are revealed in these, in these documentaries or these shows as to why these battles took place. Think of great military feats and victories that have happened in history. More often than not, it seems to be, uh, to be boiled down to greed over land or someone's legacy that they desire to carve into history. So why am I talking about this? Because King Jesus acted in a way that was unimaginable for a leader to act in. While he was on earth, there's an account of Jesus washing, washing his uh, disciples' feet. If we properly understand who Jesus is, then this act is mind-blowing. The king of the universe would kneel down to wash the feet of the very men that were his followers, people he created. That is an example of humility. Jesus often did things that we would consider to be countercultural even today. 
Today we will look at the ultimate example of humility. Jesus Christ being born from a virgin woman to live a life of humble circumstances. His birth, life, death, and resurrection demonstrated his attitude towards God and toward us. Easter happened, and he is reigning victoriously over all. So we know where this ends. However, let us take the time today to reflect on the cross of Christ and examine what Paul is showing us in this passage about that Good Friday 2,000 years ago. We will examine what the cross teaches us about Jesus and, and see some of our responses to it and things we can learn from it. So today, the first point we're going to see, the cross teaches us about selflessness. The cross teaches us about selflessness. Verse 4 says that we are to, in humility, count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. What is the example that Paul points us to? It is Jesus' incarnation and death on the cross. This is the prime example of humility. That, this is the mindset that we need to have as Christians. And we see that in verse 5, we actually uh, can have that mind in Christ Jesus. This is actually ours to have in him. Through Jesus Christ, we are able to have the same mindset, the same way of thinking. To continue with the idea of leadership and authority, Jesus turns our expectations on their head. He does this by not counting his equality with God a thing to be grasped. He humbles himself to a gruesome, gruesome death on the cross. He did not use his position for his selfish gain. So what would you have done? What would I have done? When we are faced with authority and position from God, how do we act in that? Jesus chose selflessness and humility instead of self-interest. He chose obedience even when it was the most painful thing we could imagine going through. Leaders of the world often act according to their own self-interest. However, Jesus was not like that. Many times in history, leaders sat back while their men died for their own interests. Even if they were on the battlefield with them, they were commanding their soldiers to fight for the death, to the death for things they valued. I think of a biblical story here. I think of King David and the story of him and Bathsheba. He was supposed to be fighting with his men, but instead he was being lazy, and he was even spying on a woman who was bathing. He was choosing his own interest and sin while his men were fighting for him and for his cause and what he wanted to and dying. Then he later sends her husband out to die on the battlefield along with other men, other, his other soldiers, all to cover up his own interest and in sin. Jesus went to the battle without us and for us. Think of your life. Imagine going through your typical week before things turn into the coronavirus alternative reality that we find ourselves in today. You wake up and you go to work. You might dodge a phone call or two because you don't want to deal with that person or that customer. You might cut corners at work so you can get home early. Maybe you ignore that homeless person on the way out of the store because you're worried about being late to work. That's directed towards myself. We are often consumed with our own interests, and yes, we may do things for others. However, where the rubber meets the road is when our interests conflict with someone else and we choose our own. How often does your family watch what you want to watch on TV? How often do people go to eat where you want to go to eat? As a Christian, we are to live in unity with other Christians. Paul knows that we are selfish people apart from Christ's power working through us. The way we truly have fellowship 
with other Christians is to cater to their interests and desires over our own. We cannot bully others into our preferences, but we need to elevate the needs and desires of others above our own interests. If we all live like that, there'll be much less strife. So how do we practice selflessness? The answer is here in this passage. We need to look not to our interests, but to others. This is what Jesus did. Some practical ways we might do this is to practice asking others what they want or desire to do. Maybe we say yes to things that inconvenience us, but greatly help the desires of others and the the needs of others. We should practice self-denial. You can probably think of some areas right now where you could put that into practice. But above all, the only way we truly do this is by the grace and help of God. Ask God to help you. If this is a struggle for you, seek diligently in prayer. Every time you come face to face with a differing opinion or desire, take time and listen and consider the other person's interest above your own. Do things that inconvenience your schedule for the sake of others. But this can only be done by transformation of our mind by God. We need to saturate ourselves with his word and spend time in prayer. Our lives need to be transformed by him if we desire to see true unity and fellowship in this church and in other Christian relationships outside of here. Our second point, an observation of the cross, is that the cross teaches us that Jesus is fully God and fully man. This point is an essential and basic truth of Christianity. It may not seem simple, but it is foundational. Jesus is fully God. He is not less of a God. He is not part of a God. He is not a third God. He is fully God. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit are three distinct persons, but one being, all fully God. Verse 6 through 7 says, Who, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men. This point actually teaches that Jesus is God. Jesus was God before the incarnation and did not stop being God after. Jesus emptied himself into the form of a servant by being born in the likeness of men. He stepped out of the wonders of heaven and the perpetual presence of the Father there in heaven. And and hear this phrase, he emptied himself. It might sound hard to understand, but he never stopped being God and his circumstances and situation did change vastly. I do not really know what Jesus experienced, and I'm only human, so I do not want to understand or assume I can. But a helpful way to understand this phrase might be to look at how Jesus was treated on this earth. He was not treated as royalty. Maybe at his birth and on Palm Sunday, we can see a glimpse of him being praised on earth while he was here. However, what happened after his birth? Well, before, firstly, his birth, he was not born in a place that was fitting for a king. And then after, he was, he was, him and his family fled to Egypt as as a a child because he was afraid of, uh, they were afraid of him being killed because Herod was chasing after him. He grew up with people that did not know that he created them. He was questioned by his parents when he was trying to do the Lord's work, and his own family denied him while he was here on earth. People questioned his teaching, stating that he was only the carpenter's son. And ultimately, he stood before Pilate, who questioned the truth and handed him over to the very people he was promised to, who, instead of following him and worshiping him, they killed him. Jesus took on the form of a servant and was not treated how he deserved to be. However, He trusted God's plan. In response to his obedience and trust, God highly exalted him. And at his name, all will bow and confess that Jesus is Lord. Hear this right here. God would not share his praise with anyone else. 
No one else is deserving of praise because no one is God but God. This passage actually teaches that Jesus is fully God because, uh, but he also took on full flesh. He was not half God, half man. He was fully God and fully man. God shared his praise with Jesus he, because Jesus was God too. Jesus did what only he could do to save us from death. So how does this affect you? Well, only Jesus could accomplish this work on the cross. He had to be a man to represent us, but he had to be God to have perfect obedience to the Father. No one else would suffice. This affects us in how we see Jesus. Do we truly see him as God? How do you see Jesus? Many claim to know who Jesus was. Many get it wrong. The people on earth while he was there would say he was a good teacher maybe, or religious leaders might see a threat. When you look at the story of the cross, you need to make a decision about who Jesus is. Is he who he says he is? Do you trust his power to save you? As we consider that the cross teaches us that Jesus is fully God and fully human, do not miss the opportunity to correct your thinking of who this Jesus was and who he is. Trust the word of God and the gospel of Jesus Christ for salvation. For those who know Jesus as Lord and Savior, let this point encourage and renew your faith in Jesus' life and work for an example for us on the cross. Turn everything in your life over to him. Obedience to God is important for a child of God, and I'm sure we can all admit it, we have failed in fully obeying God at times in our life. But that brings us to our last point. The cross teaches us about obedience. So there's this uh, video I saw one time, I think online, and uh, there was an experiment, and it's actually regarding the idea of self-control, and there were these children that were put into a room, and there's a plate. There was one marshmallow on the plate, and then the adult said, if you wait, if you wait 10 minutes, we'll come back, you'll get two marshmallows instead of one. But you cannot eat that marshmallow. So the adults left the room. And it was just the children individually in the room with the marshmallow on the plate. The child and the marshmallow. It was really funny to watch their agonizing as they were trying to control themselves not to eat that marshmallow. Uh, but if we're honest, as adults, sometimes we act the same way. Anyway, some of the kids ate them. They couldn't help themselves. But some waited and got the reward of the two marshmallows. This is definitely a picture of self-control, but also of obedience in our life. How often do we see the promises of God in, in, and in his word, but choose something else because we are impatient or simply not trusting that his way is best? We struggle with obedience as children and even as adults. But Jesus submitted to the plan of the Father. He obeyed. The Trinity is equal in being and essence, but there are roles. Jesus followed the Father's plan in obedience. Jesus humbled himself in obedience to the point of death, even death on a cross, as verse 8 says. The cross teaches us about humility and teaches us about who Jesus was. He, it also teaches us a perfect example of ob obedience. Jesus did not seek his own way, but followed the Father's plan. I'm not saying that there's disunity in the Godhead by any means, but let's think of the Garden of Gethsemane. Jesus knew what he was facing and the pain and agony that was ahead. However, he obeyed the Father's will and plan with full trust and confidence. We often have trouble obeying others. Children do not obey their parents. 
Employees do not always obey their bosses, and employers do not always obey the government and its regulations. This current coronavirus situation shows us the hesitation of some people to trust and obey what they're being told. There will be times in our lives where we question uh, the plan of God or the commandments of God. Atheists often state that they think the claims and plans of God are ridiculous. Our sinful nature thinks that we can do it better. In fact, the first sin was a lack of trust and obedience to God's commands. Our disobedience brought about the perfect obedience of Jesus on the cross. Let me say that again. Disobedience led to the perfect obedience on the cross. Where all have failed before, Jesus obeyed. Adam disobeyed. Moses disobeyed. King David disobeyed. Israel as an entire nation disobeyed. But Jesus in his perfect obedience followed the Father's plan to the point of a humble death on a cross. The Father had the most glorious plan of all. He lifted the name of Jesus above every other name, and one day we will all confess that he is Lord. He also accomplished the salvation of his people. He saved us from sin and death, and the eternal death that is in hell. Trust in Jesus for salvation if you have not before. If you are a believer in Jesus and claim to follow him, then how can you learn from his perfect obedience to the Father? Are there times where your desires and wants contradict the Lord's? Use this passage and reflection on the cross to push yourself towards obeying God more. Think of areas where your obedience is not total to God and ask God to give you the strength through Christ Jesus to obey. The good news is that even when we disobey, he has obeyed. But we can now have access to obey him on earth through the Holy Spirit sanctifying us, or simply put, transforming us to look more like Jesus. Look at his example of humility and obedience. Ask God to transform your mind to that of Christ Jesus. Let us strive to live in fellowship, all for the purpose of praising God and telling the world about his glorious Friday and Sunday that happened 2,000 years ago. Praise God for his plan, humility, and obedience. Let's pray. Jesus, we thank you that you were humble that you didn't seek the interest of yourself or your own furthering, that you obeyed the Father's plan. We thank you for who you are and that you died a death on a cross that we could not die. You took our place and we thank you for that. Lord, we want to praise you and ask that you be with us as we go about this weekend and we think about um, this day 2,000 years ago where you were in the grave, but you were still victorious, and you would show us in three days what would happen. And, and we thank you for that, that that Easter Sunday, that resurrection happened. So, Lord, we look forward to, to celebrating that together, and even if it's on this online setting. And we thank you, Lord, for this time and your word. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for watching today, and I ask that you would please tune in on Sunday morning. 10.30 on our website, lwrbaptist.com. Go to the live section, and there'll be a video for, for Easter Sunday at 10.30. Uh, we look forward to worshiping with you, even though we're not together. Thank you.